and good morning. It is a good morning. It's day four of sort of the French, and I'm here with Isa Bonatera and Alexandria McLeod. Yeah. And I'm very proud I pronounce these names correctly. Um, you've just done your freshly squeezed show, which is a stand-up morning breakfast show. Mm-hmm. Um, how many times are you? You are performing together, so it's 30 minutes each. Yeah. yeah. And how many uh, gigs are you doing? How many mornings are you performing for? Uh, I'm on the bill until the uh, 11th is my last show, and then again, 17th to 25th, so I get a bit of a break in the middle. And Isa, I think you're on until the 16th? Until the 16th, yeah. Okay, so that's the pitch. Um, And now the interesting bit, how many many Edinburgh experiences have you got? This is my third time at the French, yeah, doing comedy. And you've got your own solo show? Yeah, it's called Isa Buenachera, The Great Antinas. It's at 4.45 every day at the Gilded Balloon Old Toolbooth Market. And then you've got this half an hour of... Yeah. But it's different material. Yeah, I do different material. Sometimes I try... If I think of something, I will try it in the morning show. And if it lands, then I put it in my afternoon show. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then you don't. That, I will never say those words ever again. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the next morning yeah. to try and <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, how many Edinburgh experiences have you got? Uh, this is my fourth year at Edinburgh. Uh, all four years I've done improv, crime scene improvisation, which is an improv show we bring back every year. Last year I did a theatre show as well. Uh, called The Bacchanals and this year is my first year doing stand-up comedy at the Fringe. And um, when when did you feel um, you decided to do your own material as a show at the Edinburgh Fringe? When did you decide to start preparing for it? Is that how it works for you? Uh, yes, I guess I have always done a little... Uh, sorry, uh, comedy stand-up comedy was a journey in and of itself because I was doing theatre and then writing and then directing and I decided that I wanted to bring something up and I didn't know what that was yet but you actually have to make the decision quite early on because you have to start making the applications basically the deadline for this was the end of January so I was already um, getting ideas for this the concept back in sort of November and it has changed a lot in terms of the people who I'm doing it with the hour that we got given like you have to adapt to the slots that you have so our slot 10 20 a.m that wasn't the idea was not to do a breakfast comedy show but when we got 10 20 a.m it was like well we're gonna have to turn this into a breakfast comedy show because it's not going to work so what's the difference then is there a difference in material oh no actually and you can see that in the sense that the sh- this is why it's so awkward because i do talk about yeah. some like really sexual stuff that deserves to be on a much later slot <laughs> but it's like i'm shoehorning it in there because i was like you know the, the point what's nice about doing a compilation show is that there doesn't have to be a narrative running through it. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be in a place where you're, okay, this is my through line. Mm-hmm. This is the story of my show. It's just really an opportunity to come up, do stand-up every single day, and try stuff out. That's how I, that's how it felt to me. Mm-hmm. This was, this was but it. But at the same time, you're, well, Isa, would you say you're writing, you're trying new material every day in this half an hour? Yeah, it's not always like, um, like, a lot of new material but every day I try to bring something new Um, it's just uh, because 
uh, when I'm not at the front, I have a full-time job, so my day job is uh, full-time, and I don't always have a lot of time to write, and now I find myself in a very stimulating environment at the French so I feel more motivated to write and I have a bit more time and this lab is fantastic because it just gives me the opportunity to write something and really quickly try it out yeah. um, so you've really facilitated the best sort of like a double boot camp for yourself you, yeah. you're trying anyway and then you can try again and make it bigger yeah yeah so it's sort of like a boot camp um, I think that I already like um, the material that I bring into the show, to my solo shows, are really quite tight. And I think that I can take risk around it. Mm -hmm. um, and the audience here is so receptive, they're always up for it. And I think it has been going very well so far. Like, I haven't tried anything that has traumatized anyone <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> you traumatized yourself? Uh, I'm just like traumatized by the Edinburgh French experience as a whole. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's the third time, right? Is it's it? the third time. It's just uh, uh, like it, it's tricky. It's really hard to be here. Like I, I don't think a lot of punters realize how hard it is to like be flying all the time and trying to promote the show and trying to be in a good uh, headspace to go and do your show mm -hmm. uh, but it's so great to like be doing a show with Alexandria and <laughs> be around other comedians because yeah. that you need that support you need like people that are going through the same thing and are like telling you oh and also very stressed and then you feel a bit better it's like okay it's not just me yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I kind of feel sort of speaking for myself yeah why why am I doing this and at the same time well this is the ultimate utmost thing that you have to do otherwise yeah. it, you're never gonna pro this is the yeah. ultimate learning um experience um have you done all three years of a full photo a solo show yeah i have done full so i didn't know that the way it works is that you do a split hour first and then you do 45 minutes yeah. i just went in the first year and like doing an hour without knowing anything and everyone was like, oh, you're making a big mistake. This is a big mistake. But I actually, even though like, I basically screw uh, my chances of ever being considered for newcomer because I came quite unprepared. It was so good because I learned so much and it really yeah. like, gave me a boost comedy-wise. Because well, And you've done three solo shows three years in a yeah, row. Yeah, well, uh, so I'm doing. Okay, I'm doing, uh, I did a stand-up, then I did um, uh, like, like uh, character show, character yeah. comedy, and now I'm back to stand-up. Okay. Next year, who knows? What do you feel is the biggest difference, performing-wise, or or how to act, uh, respond with the audience if you say character comedy and stand-up? Um, so I, I think that with stand-up it's a bit harder yeah. because uh, the stand-up scene is so saturated there are so many people doing stand-up that um, you really need to have something else some sort yeah. of like gimmick or some sort of like uh, selling point for your show uh, if you're doing character comedy then you can present something that is like a bit more interesting than stand-up or a bit more yeah. layer and people uh, that will cut people's attention a bit more. Would you say it's a different type of audience? Yeah, it's a different type of audience. Um, um, yeah, the... the hey! Hey! Hiya! Uh, the <laughs> this is us being very, very secretive about we're recording, we're recording, we're just saying it out loud, and we'll be done in a second. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, 
yeah, the, the audience is a bit different. Yeah. Um, I feel that people that go to character comedy show are more ready to see something that is more yes. experimental. Yeah, well, uh, that's true. When like people that go to stand-up comedy shows, that they're, they're sort of like expecting like the type of stand-up comedy that they're used to seeing on, on TV. Night with the Apollo or yeah. something like that. Uh, Much more like gig comedy yeah. as opposed to like maybe confessional humour or storytelling. Yeah. That's true. But I just a little bit absurd. I feel I'm sometimes freaking the audience out. I'm just I'm just doing a little bit more of that, but I might just have the wrong audience. Yeah. Or I'm not adapted to it. As much. Yeah. I mean, it's so difficult because I think. I do think that basically what happens at Edinburgh, which doesn't happen at other shows at the time of year, is that you get people who are ready to take a pun on stuff. So you'll get audience members who wouldn't normally come and see that kind of show if it was in London, but who, or wherever, you know, if you were coming up and doing the show in York or Cambridge, but who are in Edinburgh and there's a show that's on and they've been flyed and they haven't got a slot time full and they just think, oh, well, let's take a pun. So you can get audiences that are perhaps not... Um, you know, they haven't got... They're not used to it. Yeah. And so that's a quite a new experience. Yeah, seeing so something. that could be your advantage, is what you're saying? I don't know. I don't know. I think it could be... I think it's, it's a great thing because you want to get a taste of what that is. Otherwise, yeah. you always play to the same sorts of crowd. But at the same time, you, you know, um, you're, you're having to do a bit more work at the top of the show to get people used to the fact that, okay, so this is a new experience. Like, this yeah. is what's going on. Yeah. And it's a bit wacky, maybe... I mean, I don't know because I'm not doing that kind of yeah. show, but I know as a punter that sometimes. Yeah, how no, it can that's feel. actually selfishly very, very useful. Sorry, last question is that um, as a fellow foreigner, well, yeah. I'll, actually, Alexandra, you're half fellow so. foreigner. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Uh, French, Spanish, Dutch, yeah. uh, half Dutch, doesn't matter. Do you, have you felt um, that you had to, were you conscious of what you had to change if you had to change something to speak to? and British English speaking audience well uh, I have done all my comedy in the UK so like I think like I have adapted to the British sense of humour and I use like British references and stuff I have taken my show outside of the UK I took it to Prague and I took it to Iceland I'm going to take it to Finland after the French and I do notice I have to change things there like what? like I have to change like references Uh, like, like there's a lot of jokes that rely on people knowing like yeah. places in the UK yeah. but you as a, as a person or you your style or your your sense of humor is funny. yeah well like I have to um, but when I do comedy in Spanish and more on the storytelling side and um, yeah. I feel like when I do comedy in, in English I what works better for me is to do witty one-liners Mm-hmm. better like uh, but when I'm doing it in Spanish I can I can relax more I can put down all like I don't have to be gag 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 after yeah, gag yeah. I can put it down um, and I think different rhythm yeah different rhythm and I think it's also because I had like a very strong southern accent from the south of Spain and uh, like that just sounds funny <laughs> People, done it's just done no effort it just like go and open my mouth and people laugh I rather well, well, very luxury <laughs> and you when you perform in French I, I agree I think it's much more storytelling really? people, audiences are not looking for like a hard gag mm. they're much more open to a funny circumstantial story and so you are fast with your jokes and with, with your sort of well, well I don't think I am in the sense that actually I think um, you know if you speak to a gig comedian there has to be a laugh every 40 seconds okay. and so comparative to that I'm really not 
but c- compared to French uh, stand-up, which is much more anchored in storytelling, I guess so. But I think that's across Europe generally. I think it's much mm. more... I get the impression. You said that about Dutch, didn't you? It's more storytelling? No, no, I, 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 I wouldn't... Um, I suppose so, yes. It's a, the, the cabaret scene is more also storytelling and songs and uh, more character, I, I think. Yes. Or at least that there is a lot of that. So I'm still finding out where I am and how does it fit in with either a Dutch audience or a British audience here. We're, we're going to see. It's going to rain, so I'm going to end it here. Um, last time, uh, times of your shows... So we're doing Freshly Squeezed Comedy. It's on uh, every day now until the 25th of August with a different lineup. but I'll be there until the 11th and Issa until the 17th. 10.20am. It's at 10.20am at the City Cafe. Uh, and my second show is called Crime Scene Improvisation. That's at 2pm at uh, Underbelly Bistro Square. Your second show? My second show is Isabel The Great Emptiness, at the Gilded Balloon Old Tool Booth Market, uh, 4.45 every day. Oh, See and sorry, then. for personal personal preference, what's that great thing about the moon again, you said? About the moon? It's so good. What, what did I say about the moon? The 400 and 400. Oh, yeah. So, like... Like, did, did you like that bit? Yes. Oh my god, I never know whether people are interested in that kind of stuff. Okay, so eclipses are like so awesome because, like, like actually they only happen because the sun and the moon they are roughly the same size from Earth, um, but the moon is 400 times smaller than the sun, but also 400 times closer to the Earth. So that's why we we get eclipses, which is amazing. And it can only be done from Earth. It's only from Earth. So we're so lucky. We're so lucky. <laughs> All right, so we're also lucky to get out of this before the rain starts. Thanks very much and have a wonderful day. <laughs>